Yo, you tuned in to Gorilla Cross Radio. Broadcasting live from downtown Las Vegas, you're tuned in to Gorilla Cross Radio. Across radio studios here in downtown Las Vegas. I'm your host, Jose V. This is another episode of Straight Bet Sports. Coming to you live from Las Vegas, Nevada, downtown Las Vegas. Greatly appreciate each and every person up here in the studio. We got Quan right now walking around. Got to get everybody right on the, on the cameras as always. Come on, let's go. One. Got everybody. Rob, you good? You in the right spot now? I'm always in the right spot. <laughs> we got a good show for you guys tonight, man. I want to thank everybody in the studio. Tonight, Quan is taking the night off. He is not behind the big board. We got James behind the big board tonight. Greatly appreciate you, brother. Doing Absolutely, what you do man. as well. Good. Thank you. Yes, sir. We got Joel B in the background. And two guests in the studio, which we're not going to have on camera yet because we want to make sure we do things right tonight and get nobody in trouble. We got Adam Plant Jr., defensive lineman out of UNLV, recently of TCU, transferred back home, Bishop Gorman grad. Glad to have you in studio. We're going to talk to him here shortly as well. And we got Pops in the building as well, Adam Plant Sr. If you know him, you know him from Mayweather, Takashi 69 those type of jobs that he's had, you know. But we'll talk about that later on in the show. It's going to be a fun show tonight, Rob. I'm excited. We went to the lights game earlier, right before here, just to go hang out for a little bit. Still talk about it. that. Um, still watching it here, 1-1. Lights tied it up. If you guys are watching the soccer, it is on ESPN+. Plus. Now, before we get going and before we do our first segment of the night, I want to give a quick shout-out. To someone out there in the social media world, betting as well. She is none other than Lady D from Betting and Heels. Now, if you guys do not follow her, go follow her on Twitter, on all social media platforms right now. She is on fire right now. Her last 11 NHL plays, ladies and gentlemen, she is 10-1. and one. Last night, she took the Canucks. She went against the hometown Knights, but hey, she was right. Put her at 10-1 and one so far in her last 11 matches there. That's interesting, Rob. Was there a play today? No, I didn't watch it. I don't know if she had one, but 11 plays, 10-1 and one in hockey. That's a good, that's an impressive streak. What's the best streak you've had? Uh, I honestly couldn't even tell you. I can only say I went 11, 11, or 11 and 1 in our tournament two, last year. So wait, that was when you broke my record? I was what, 10-0? No, nah, I think you were like 8. It was 8? Eight. 8. Okay, okay. Yeah, if you guys know, we got a little handicap contest that me and Rob do that we've done the last three years running with our good friend Jimbo, which hopefully we're going to have him on the show next week because we're going to do our NFL rundown and breakdown of divisions, give our division winners who we think is going to win the conferences there and go to the Super Bowl and try to give our Super Bowl champs right off the bat, man. It should be a fun show next week. Already? Already, bro. Right right around the corner. Football starts Thursday the very next day, man. Yeah, let's go. I'm excited. But with that being said, let's go ahead and pay some bills here real quick. Let you guys know who we are sponsored by. And who are we are being brought to you by every single night? We are being brought to you by Joshua Lafon with Simply Vegas Real Estate. 
a realtor here to help educate current and future Las Vegas locals on selling and investing in real estate. You're probably asking yourself, educate. Yes, there's a surprising amount of adults that when it comes to real estate, don't know the right questions to ask, don't know where to start, and think they need a lot of cash to buy a house in Nevada, which simply isn't true. So Josh has decided to make it his responsibility to teach his clients what they need to know and equally important what they need to ask to help ensure making their home ownership dreams a reality. So make sure you call or text Joshua LaFon today at 702-813-0533. This has been another paid advertisement from Joshua LaFon with Simply Vegas Real Estate, 702-813-0533. Now, before we get going with our first segment here, the Night Rob, or sports topics parlay of the night, as we like to call it, if you guys are watching this, you're watching it on our Facebook page, on the Gorilla Cross Radio Facebook page, or the Jose V page. Make sure you like, comment. If you have something to say, if you have a question or something you want to talk about or even anything for our guest here, as long as you stay within the lines and we keep it respectful, we can go ahead and do that. Not only that, on Twitter, at Jose V, I'm sorry, at Jose underscore Volonte, Gorilla Cross Radio as well. It's being streamed in there. And the YouTube page is Gorilla Cross Radio. That's where it's streamed live every single Wednesday night. And if you want to catch all of the shows afterwards, on YouTube, Jose V, Straight Bet Sports. With that being said, Rob, let's go ahead and jump right into it with our sports topics parlay of the night. The first one is Georgia. And this is a good one because we have a college student here, a college football player. So I want to get his thoughts on this later as well. But Georgia Bulldogs quarterback, starting quarterback, okay? They said he was going to start this season. Jamie Newman decided to opt out over concerns due to the coronavirus. Now, he is going to be the starting quarterback there at Georgia. He did decide to opt out this past Wednesday. Now, he is ranked six potentially in a lot of his rankings here when it comes to Todd McShay and other people coming into the draft. So he's got a high draft stock in a way, depending on where you're going to get drafted at. He's a starting quarterback for a Power 5 conference school in Georgia. Are we going to see more of this for more of the starters that are in prime positions, meaning quarterback position, running back position, those type of spots that you are going to rely heavily on these players? Is that something that you see we're going to continue to see moving forward? Yep, absolutely, 100%. I mean, I, we don't know anybody's background. You know, there's lots, so many college students out there, so or college athletes, excuse me, um, that, you know, are going to play because their conference says that we got to play, right? So I, I absolutely think that we're going to see a lot more people uh, opt out coming in. Uh, and big names, too. Big names, you know, starting quarterback for Georgia opted out, you know? Uh, it's huge. That, yeah, that's huge, absolutely, especially with the draft coming, you know, with the draft and people announcing whether they're going to go, you know, to the draft. I think LSU, some uh, white. Do you think it hurts? Do you think it hurts his draft stock at all, or his draft status whatsoever? Like, what is he going to do throughout this time that he's opting out? Is he going to continue to work out? Is he going to continue to put up film and stuff for us to see? You know, what is he going to do, though? What is he? His, what, uh, what, what, what's his freshman? Um, Let's see what his. Uh, if he's a freshman or sophomore. So I, he's a graduate transfer from Wake Forest. So this is basically his senior season, I'm guessing. And enter the draft. Wow. Exactly. That's so huge, basically that's at that point. Decision. That's probably why it's the, one of the bigger decisions so far because, yeah, you definitely, yeah, you def, you opting out and you're the starting quarterback of Georgia is a huge thing. And I, 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 I do think that we are going to see more people, though. With some of the stuff that he did said, he quote, I would like to thank Coach Kirby Smart for extending the opportunity for me to be a part of the University of Georgia football program. Newman said on Twitter, although my time has been short, I built some great relationships and I've had a chance to continue my development. So, I, I, I agree with you. I think we see more of this. 
because there's a lot of conferences, like you said, that he decided not to play. Mountain West being Correct. one of them, they decided to push it back to spring. We're yeah. going to talk about that here shortly with, with Adam as well. Um, the Big Ten being one of the biggest ones, especially with President Trump huge. now out there, being out there trying to get it started. Yeah, um, I reached out to um, Sean Wade. I don't know if you know him, cornerback for uh, Ohio State. I reached out to his dad. Um, on Twitter, he's willing to come on the show. I, I heard him on ESPN, so I'm like, hey, let me see if we get him on. He's willing to talk. Um, he's been big with protests, with trying to go to the Big Ten offices and, and, and show that they want more answers because I guess they're not getting what they want. They're just saying we're not going to play the season, but they have no ultimatum or how they can actually try to find a way to make the season work. Um, so that should be an interesting conversation if we get that going there as well. But it's something that's it's going to continue to happen, especially with COVID. It's not going to go away whatsoever. It's something that's going to be here. It's not going to go away whatsoever. Just think about how many people are going to opt out in the middle of the season. You know, like just say, hey, I'm, I'm done. I'm done because somebody tested positive on the team or some, you know. Do you think we see someone from like Alabama? Oh, yeah. Or Clemson? It's inevitable. I, I Somebody I big? Especially in college, like, you know, they, they're traveling. They're doing all this. So I, they're moving. One, well, not one side of the country to the other, but they're moving. You know, they're out and about. And they're college kids, you know, they're going to try to, well, somebody got caught trying to sneak, you know, a girl in and it just, it, it's going to happen for sure. And big places too, Alabama, LSU, everywhere. Moving on from that, we'll talk more college football because like I said, we do have a college football player in the studio with us tonight. Adam Plant Jr. from UNLV joining us. We'll be talking to him here shortly. Moving on, continue to football. Jimbo, if you're watching and you're listening, man, your guy, Kirk Cousins, says if i die i die on a podcast <laughs> that he was on i'm not sure what he was thinking or, or what was going on with this guy or what was going on in his head but he had to come back and clarify his comments because i'm not sure if you saw but ryan clark basically came out and destroyed him on espn earlier today i haven't seen anything when it comes to like the comebacks or anything yet you just sent me that this morning and i yeah it was now he came out and said and i quote what I was trying to say back then, admittedly, I probably wasn't as clear as I would have liked to have been, Cousins said. But what I wanted to say then, what I would echo again now, is that while the virus does not give me a great amount of personal fear, there's still great reason for me to engage in wearing a mask and social distancing and washing my hands as frequently as I can. The quote continues to go on from there, but this just goes back to you have to watch out with what you're saying, regardless of how you're saying it, because it's there's tough situations everywhere. We have situations where we're hearing players on teams that their teams don't want to play with them anymore because of their social, you know, their social media stance or what they post out there. And now you're seeing stuff like this. Like, he's got to be careful, bro. I, I didn't interp uh, interpret it as like he's saying that I don't wear my mask or that I don't care about anyone else's health. I just think it it's more of just, hey, I'm going to play and I'm not opting out. That's just another way of him saying I'm not opting out. Was it the right way to say it? Obviously not. Uh, but that's the way that I understood it. I didn't even think about the way of or people taking it as, oh, I'm not, I'm not wearing a mask or I'm not going to do this or I'm not going to follow the, the, the guidelines and stuff like that. He has to. If he's going to play this year, he has to follow all the guidelines. So, With that being said, what do you think about Kirk this year, though? Uh, we gonna old. see the typical Kirk Cousins. Oh, absolutely, coming from behind. Yep. that's why his numbers are padded. That's how no, I see it. No, uh, not that. Well, that was more with. Well, the Stephon's skin. gone now. Though. That was more with the skins. That was more with the skins. Uh, when he, you know, padded his stats towards the end of the game because they were always trailing. But I think with the Vikings, uh, I just think overall Kirk Cousins is fool's gold. Uh, and I, yeah, he didn't deserve what he got. Fool's gold. Fool's gold. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the right word for it. Dwight Howard. Um, <laughs> Dwight other, Howard. otherwise known as Dwight Howard. Um. Yeah, he's. They're not gonna. They're not gonna go anywhere with Kirk Cousins. If this is this is it for him, honestly, I feel like this is the last year that they should give him a shot. If he doesn't do well this year, uh, yeah, you got to move on. 
A lot of money there. A lot of money there. A lot of money there. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine Teddy would have stayed around. Yeah. Just, but we'll see what I, you know what I think. And I know we're going off topic, but I think Teddy's gonna have a good year this year. Carolina, I think, I, I think the Carolina fact that he, I think the fact that he has someone like Christian McCaffrey in the background that not only can run the ball but can catch the ball and he's a leader, it's gonna help him out a lot. It's gonna alleviate a lot of the pressure off him, I think for sure. But moving on, we saw some great NBA basketball today. Miami took a 2-0, 2-0 commanding, commanding lead against Milwaukee, the number one overall seed in this NBA playoffs. I mean, Rob, is, is it time for Milwaukee fans to start getting scared and nervous here and start worrying? Because, I mean, I, I've said it throughout the year, and I'm going to continue to say it. Milwaukee cannot be a one-man band. They got to give Giannis a lot more support. I know it was a close game, only lost by two tonight. It wasn't a blowout. But Giannis needs more support. This has LeBron and Cleveland early years written all over it. I think I think they are giving him support. I, I just think that John, Giannis is not a fourth quarter player. And when they're you know, really? he, okay. he, he just he, when they're down, like I think I said this two weeks ago already, when they're down, he can't he there is no comeback factor in Giannis. He's just good at maintaining a lead. He's got so many role players around him. Middleton, uh is it Bledsoe? Is it Bledsoe? Bledsoe, uh, Bledsoe right? Uh, he's got so many role players, and I, I, you know, they need to do their part as well. But to go, Miami's a really good team, though. Don't take anything away from Miami; like they are a really good team. They're sleepers, and, and, and Eric Spolstra, yeah. man. Yeah, the job he's good. doing with that yeah, team. Yeah, he's got the experience. I mean, he's got the experience in the playoffs, so he knows how to coach the players. Um, but yeah, I did not expect them to be up 2-0. I, I, maybe a split, uh, but not definitely 2-0. But it's not over, though. I'm not saying Miami's it's not out over of, at I mean, all. Uh, uh, Bucks are out of it. I mean, I could easily see them coming back from a 2-0. But see, this also goes back and ties back to the whole home court advantage. If we're in Milwaukee, are we seeing a different result? I say yeah. no just because Miami has already owned Milwaukee this year record-wise. I still uh, – home court is definitely going to play a factor in the play. It's going to be huge. Yeah, yeah. so there, it may even be two old bucks with home court advantage, but, you know, we're in this – we're in this This is the world we live in, and they're down 0-2, and, you know, you got to just take it to the board again, you know? I got to give a big shout-out to Tyler Hero, though, man. He's balling. I don't think they talk they're about him as much. They're all balling on Miami. That's but a Tyler good Hero, 17 points off the bench, man. 32 minutes. Played a lot of minutes for an off-the-bench player there tonight. But good game there, man. Miami takes the 2-0 lead. We'll see if we get 3-0 or if Milwaukee gets one coming up here in a few days. Next thing here, Rob, that we're going to talk about before we get into our conversation here with Adam Plant Jr. from UNLV. Oklahoma City, Houston, we just saw the final here. Blew I it. said the series would go 7. I said OKC would win it. Hey, they gr- blew it. Great, gr- great series, though. Let's be real. Let's give credit. Let's give credit to the guy that people said had no hamstrings left, no ankles, no knees. He, he carried Oklahoma City. Abs- yep, he did. And I feel so bad for him because obviously he got the short end of the stick and, you know, when he was playing with the Clippers. Yep. And he just can't get over that hump in the playoffs either. So I, I really feel for Chris for Chris Paul, great leader. Um, definitely, you know, carried that team throughout this playoffs. And, and of, of course, again, just didn't couldn't get over the hump. Not only that, Harden only had 17 points, one of nine from the three-point line. But yet Houston still finds a way to pull this game off and win at the end. Like you said, Bad possession at the end there. They couldn't get a shot off when they should have. It's just horrible possession at the end. But that was I, a horrible. Yeah, you inbound the inbound the ball to Stephen Adams. I mean, how did, I mean, I know that's like the last resort, but I don't I don't even understand why he's even even on the court. It was like one second left. Like, what do you expect them to do when you're inbounding it from the sideline? Yeah, man, it is what it is though. But that is a final. Houston wins it 104-102 in seven. Next will be Los Angeles Lakers. Man, it's going to be a good one there. Definitely. I, I think Houston could give them a little bit of trouble, but. They don't play that much defense. The NBA sure hopes that they give them a little bit of trouble. They need as many games as NBA possible. NBA needs six. NBA needs at least six. At least series. six in this series. At least six. If in we're going to throw out the conspiracy series, they need six. Yeah. At least six in this series for sure. ABC. ABC. <laughs> 
Once again, you are listening to Straight Bet Sports here on the Gorilla Cross Radio Network. I am your host, Jose V. Rob G to my left. James taking care of us to behind the big board tonight. Joel be in the background doing what he does. Now let's go ahead and jump into it, right into it, with our first guest of the night, Adam Plant Jr. Greatly appreciate you coming in the studio. Adam Plant Sr., we definitely got you on as well. But like I said, we're going to try to make it more about your son today because we want to talk to him, see what he's got going on overall, see what's in his mind and his thoughts, how excited he is to get going with this football season coming up here in the spring that I believe they're going to let you guys play. But welcome in, gentlemen. How are you both doing tonight? Uh-oh. Adam's mic is off. Let's go. We good? There we go. Hey, <laughs> doing great, man. Thank you for having us on. I thought you had a tasty tea in your mouth. That oh, man. Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So how's everything going? Everything good, Adam? Yes, sir. Great. Happy to have you on, man. How, how's everything been so far with uh, the stoppage of football and COVID and everything for you so far? And then coming back home, being here at UNLV now. Uh, it was great uh, getting back home, being back home with my family. Uh, we were able to start our business, Tasty Cheese Cheesecakes. There you go. Um, just being back in the culture of Vegas, being here for 12 years overall. Uh, it's a great feeling to be back, having a Legion Stadium here, new coaching staff here. So, you know, it was a very humbling experience. So let's take a step back. Let's go back to your high school days when you were a bit younger, when you were at Bishop Gorman. Talk about your Bishop Gorman days. What did you take from what you learned in high school? You were highly recruited as well. You were a high high overall ranking. Four-star DN. There you go, four-star DN. That's why we had Should that pass on. Auto-correct. Auto-correct, <laughs> exactly. Automatic auto-correct, right? But yeah, talk about that and what you learned at your days at UNLV. I'm sorry, at, at at Bishop Gorman, and that what you took with you into your college career at TCU and now moving forward into UNLV? Uh, basically, overall, just a camaraderie. Uh, having a lot of my teammates that I grew up with since I was, you know, eight, nine years old. Uh, we're all playing at different uh, universities, prestigious universities around the country. Uh, all of us is coming in with a goal and a mindset that, you know, we was going to take everything that we got here and just make the best out of it. And, you know, we just grinded out with each other. You know, we made our, each other's better every day. Uh, I would say, uh, real talk, our practice is probably more physical and more serious At than Gorman? our games were. Yeah, Really? And you were there during the Tony Sanchez era, right? Before he went to UNLV? Yeah, that was uh, my freshman year in right? high school. Okay. Got it. So it was a lot more intense. Yeah. Really? How so? Can you elaborate a little bit on it? I mean, you got to think about it. We have uh, my homie EA. He's a five-star linebacker. We got Brevin Jordan, five-star tight end. Dorian's a five-star quarterback. We got uh, my homie Speedy, Cedric. They're both four <laughs> or five-star receivers. And then you got me on the DN, so, you know, we're very competitive, you know. And we always hang out with each other outside of football. So, you know, when we're on the field, you know, we want to make each other better, but we're going to push each other at the same time. So, you, Adam, you senior, you also played football, correct, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken? I started at right tackle for the <laughs> BC Lions 2002. <laughs> so Prior to that was uh, uh, brought to camp with the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, okay. Prior to that, played at Long Beach City College National Champ 90, 1995. <laughs> New, New Mexico Highlands, 1997. It voted the best offensive lineman to play at the school. So with that you being know, said, going you know. back to Junior, <laughs> how, knowing that, that, that your dad does have football background and pedigree. Yes, sir. Was that something that encouraged you to jump into choosing football as the main sport for you to go after? Uh, well, initially, when I was three years old, my mom was the first one to put the ball in my hand. Mama. Really? Give all credit yeah. to mom. Okay. Tamika Plant. There you go. And then uh, when we were in Long Beach, uh, California, we would go out to Pomona when I first started football with the Pomona Steelers. Uh, at first, you know, I had fun a couple practices, but then once I started getting into it, I didn't really like it like that. And then uh, really applied to me until I got to Vegas in 2008, and I really, like, found a knack and love for the game. Gotcha. And from then on, Pop took me under his wing. 
instilled all this knowledge inside of me, and the rest was history. So what, you, you got oh go ahead. Go well, ahead. What position did you play growing up? Defensive end. All oh, the whole time. Yeah. You never. Yeah, I would go back and forth uh, to offensive tackle, defensive end, and then when I was ten years old, when I played for the uh, NYA Rebels. Okay. Uh, I played uh, defensive end, offensive tackle, tight end, receiver, running back, everything. whatever. <laughs> So you guys are originally from California or from Vegas? South Central. South Central. No South Central. What part? 10th Avenue in Jefferson, the heart of the city. 66 Menlo. Oh, there you go. Grew up, yes, born sir. and raised. Been yes, out here sir. a few years now, too. Yeah, it's, it's good to have people from my own backyard in the studio. That's oh, cool, yeah. man. It's always, it's always a good thing for sure. Yes, we got Adam Plant Jr., UNLV D lineman. And we also got Pops in the building, Adam Plant Sr. with Tasty Tees. Yes, sir. Got the shirt on. Uh-huh. Tasty Tees Cheesecake. If you haven't been following on, on, on Instagram, you have to. He's been all over the place, man, traveling, delivering all that cool man. stuff there for sure. But going back to Adam Jr., I want to talk about a little bit of your days at TCU. So you were there for a whole season. You pretty much played every game of the season, I believe, if, if I do have that correct. Yeah. Talk about how it was playing for someone like Gary Patterson and, and, and not only that, on the defensive side of it, Coach Chad Glasgow, how, 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 how was that experience there as well? Uh, you know, it was a great experience. You know, Coach Gary Patterson gave me the opportunity to play Division One football at TCU. I uh, took that with the most humblest experience. You know, I had a great time there in Texas being in a different atmosphere, a different setting, having to uh, deal with a lot of different things that I'm not comfortable with, I wasn't used to. But uh, as overall, you know, he was a great coach. Uh, coach Glasgow was a great coach, you know, real aggressive. You know, he's going to get at you every day. But, you know, in the end, you know, he means the best. So it's Big 12 football, different conference, right? Yeah. You're coming into the Mountain West now. You've seen the style of play from the Big 12. You haven't played in the Mountain West yet. Right. Have you studied a lot of film? Have you watched a lot of different games, not just UNLV games, mm-hmm. but other games from other teams in the conference as well Absolutely. to try to see the similarities and the differences? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, you look at the Big 12 offense, you know, some teams are more heavy run teams. Uh, overall, they're more of a spread offense, you know, across the board. You know, a lot of, you know, open up and throw the ball to a lot of people. Uh, Mountain West, you know, you have some teams that are known more for running the ball. You have some teams known for, you know, airing it out. Some have very uh, dynamic and um, crazy offenses that some would say, but it, you know, works out in favor for them. You know, a lot of schools like Boise State, you know, Hawaii. Uh, you have other schools like uh, Wyoming that a lot of people really don't give a lot of credit to, but, you know, they run a great offense as well. What can you tell us about Justin Rogers? He's also transferring with you. Yeah. You guys are both coming in. How excited are you about that? How, do you guys know each other well and everything? Yeah, and I'm very excited. You know, I got a chance to meet Justin uh, when I first got to TCU. You know, we always kept a real good friendship with him. You know, when I found out that he was coming to UNLV like I was, I was real excited. I hit him up, you know, the first day. And then from then on, you know, we just continue to build a brotherhood and relationship with each other. So I've been told by a few people in a good way that your pops is very hands-on that he likes to be involved in what you got going on right. with your football career and your schooling and all that. Is he a little over the top, or is he just right and you can handle it? No, not at all, you know. <laughs> this is the man that took me under his wing and taught me everything I know. So who am I to say that he's not allowed to be a part of this like I am, you know? And a lot of people, you know, outside, you know, they don't have the same father and son relationship like me and him have, you know. Unfortunately, some people weren't blessed to have that, you know. I take that with a humbling experience every day. You know, of course. I thank God for it every day, so... I'm glad that he's here with me. All right. So well said. Well said. Yeah. <laughs> Aside from the hometown and coming back to UNLV and the shiny new stadium and the shiny new practice facilities and the shiny new coach. Right. Aside from that, from all the big stuff, from all the lights, what was it more than anything that wanted you to come home? Did, did, did Pops talk to you? Did your mom? Did your family? Or was it just, it was a no-brainer? Uh, you know, having a lot of conversations with my family, you know, uh, each and every day. Uh, it took up to the last day, really. Uh, for me to leave TCU. 
Really? Uh, yeah, but, you know, at the end of the day, family is the most important thing. You know, we all sat down and made a conscious decision for me to come back home. And it was the best thing for me. So how did that conversation go with the TCU coaching staff or, or, or the athletic department over there? Like, did you talk to Coach Gary Patterson first? Did you talk to the athletic department? How did that work? Uh, I talked to the athletic director, just let him know uh, that meaning to get into the um, – the transfer, transfer portal? portal? Yeah. And then I talked to uh, my position coach, Don Sharp, and then I talked to Gary Patterson, you know, broke down the situation and everything that was going on with me and my family, you know. They understood everything. You know? Very supportive? Yeah, wish me the best, you know. And then, you know, I, I think I'm thankful for my time at TCU. You know, I'm glad I'm here, you know, me now. Anything you regret from your days at TCU that on your – whether it's your playing field, when you were on the playing field or, or in, 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 in the – in, in the books, in the school, learning. Is there anything you regret that you wish you could have done differently or all went well while you were there? Not at all, you know. There's always goods and bads in every uh, opportunity that you have in life. You know, you never have any regrets for anything. You know, I learned a lot of things at TCU from school and, you know, from people, from football. I met a lot of people, met, had a lot of great uh, friendships, relationships with a lot of people. So, you know, it was a great experience for me to have there. You know, I'm still friends with a lot of people there to this day. So you went away. You weren't. Not that far, but you weren't home anymore. Right. Your family wasn't there the way you're used to having them just being able to go home right after school. A lot of kids that go into college their first year and leave and go to another state and they're far away from home, thousands of miles or hundreds of miles, they might be depressed. They, they, they may get upset. They might feel alone because they don't have their support system there. Right. Did you go through any of that while you were at TCU in your first year? No, I mean, the only thing I had close to that, you know, was the drive, you know, going to the airport, you know, you get those last little minute jitters, you know, you finally realize that, you know, the time is here now, you know, family's not going to be here with you. You know, we've all had our crying moments in the car and stuff, but, you know, <laughs> once I got off the plane, you know, I settled in, you know, and I was here for a mission. Nice, nice. Once again, he is Adam Plant Jr., D lineman here from UNLV, transferred from TCU, hometown, Bishop Gorman grad, talking some football, some UNLV. His past here at TCU, what he went through, how the whole transfer decided to come about. Now, you were going to have to wait originally, but due to them not playing the season when it was supposed to be played, you're eligible right away, right, when the season does get started here once again, correct? Right. How excited were you to hear that, knowing that you didn't have to sit out a whole year? Uh, it was a big stress reliever for me. You know, I've been having, you know, had this in the back of my mind since I first transferred in January. And, you know, just dealing with compliance, you know, just talking with my family, you know, Weighing in the ends and out, but always trying to keep a positive mindset about it. And it's to finally hear the words and finally to see it just come out in light. You know, I was just ecstatic. So my other question for you is, how did the whole transfer part of it go? And what I mean by that was, did you already know you wanted to come to UNLV? Were you are, did, did someone already reach out to you from UNLV? Or was it, I think I want to transfer now. I'm going to go talk to TCU and go about it that way. Uh, you know, I had a conversation with my family already. We already had the mindset, of, you know, come back home. We already knew, you know, we was doing something else special. And then also hearing about the Raiders coming back in town. So, you know, it was a win-win. And um, once we, you know, got everything established with that, you know, I just said the word to TCU and just came back home went on from there. So how was the recruiting pitch for Marcus Arroyo? Did you talk to him? Was it, Or was it someone else that came out and tried to recruit you? Yeah, uh, once I entered the transfer portal, you know, I had a short conversation with Coach Arroyo over uh, Twitter. And then once I took my official, you know, we sat down and talked a lot. You know, he's a very great coach. You know, he's a smart dude, still very young for a head coach. But, you know, he brings a lot of swagger and a lot of uh, a lot of stuff that we need on his team. Talk about the defensive coordinator because you've already been with these coaches already, right? You guys got to practice a bit right. before everything re-shut down and all this. Right. Talk about your D coordinator. I believe it's, uh, who is it, Peter Peter Hansen? Yeah, Peter Hansen. Talk about your D coordinator. And not only that, uh, what, Fly or Fry, the, the, the strength and conditioning Matt coach? Fly. 
bro, I, I see him on Twitter. The guy's a beast. Yeah. But before we talk about him, talk about your D coordinator, man. How, how's the whole transition from your previous defensive coordinator, the defensive style they have, to what you're running now at UNLV? Uh, right now we're in a base 3-4 defense. Originally at TCU we were at a 4-3. So, you know, being this new defense, you know, I've changed positions. I'm uh, outside linebacker now in our scheme. Uh, Coach Peter Hansen, you know, he talked to me, you know, in and out while I've been here, you know, moved me around, see where I fit best at. And he saw that outside linebacker was the best fit for me. I'm a tall, lengthy guy. I can move a lot, you know. I'm able to chase down quarterbacks, running backs. But I'm also able, big enough, strong enough to take on offensive tackles, tight ends. Like so confidence, man. You, so you hear this? You hear that? You hear that? That's confidence <laughs> right there. I was born and bred in Twin. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, this is another episode of Straight Bed Sports here on the Gorilla Cross Radio Network. Hanging out with Adam Plant Jr. and Pops Adam Plant Sr. in the building with us. Talking some UNLV football now. What are you most excited about when it comes to getting this season started? Allegiant Stadium. That's it. Just, What's it look just, like? You've been have inside? you been inside? Yeah, already? been inside. I've been inside. Oh, yet, but, no. Uh, yeah. A couple of my teammates and all of our coaches. You know, we took a trip to Allegiant Stadium last night. Took a picture out there. So you know, just to see the final product of it, you know, something special. I can't wait to get inside there. So, out of all the people at UNLV that are part of the program, that are sponsors. I'm not sponsors. I'm sorry. People like um, uh, Randall Cunningham, because I know he's. An alumni has right. any has anybody like that reached out to you like someone bigger from the past that's not part of the coaching staff or anything like that to congratulate you on coming home or, or, or choosing to come back to UNLV? Yeah, absolutely. I had a lot of um, a lot of my former high school teammates that were at UNLV reached out to me, talked to me. Uh, my whole team welcomed me with open arms. All the coaches opened me op- welcomed me with open arms. Uh, a lot of the community reached out to me. A lot of local fans. A lot of former uh, players that were there. So you know, it's been a great experience. You know, everybody's you know very happy that I'm back home. You know. I don't want to uh, disappoint anybody. You know, I don't disappoint myself. You know, I'm, I'm ready to make everybody proud. So another question I have for you. When you were in high school, mm-hmm. was there a college player that you looked up to and emulated your style after? And now that you're in college, mm-hmm. do you have an NFL player that you look after that you try to emulate your style and you want to be like that? Uh, just growing up, you know, my dad had me watch a lot of film on a lot of people. Uh, I would say my number one is Julius Peppers. Okay. To me, that's arguably the greatest defensive end of all time. Ooh, okay. uh, college-wise, it was Jadavion Clowney. Okay, okay. Uh, Miles Garrett. Okay. You know, a lot of dudes like that. Uh, Clean and Farrell from Clemson. Okay, yes. Rick Beasley from Clemson. Shaq Lawson. Okay. A lot of those guys. So are you excited to have the opportunity to have the Las Vegas Raiders now here in your backyard, knowing that you're going to play in the same stadium, those coaches can see you, you could get the opportunity that someone like Javin White is getting right now. Right. He's getting a lot of noise. People are talking real good about him saying he might be that one guy that's going to come out and surprise everybody. Are we going to hear that about you? Are we going to see that from you? Are we going to Are we going to hear down the road Adam Plant Jr., D. Lyman, Las Vegas Raiders? Is that something that you would love, or at the end of the day it's just, I want to make it to the league? Uh, you know, I, my dad told me this. You know, it's not just about making it. You know, we shoot for the stars and land on the moon. So oh, okay. we shoot for the first pick in the draft. So that's my First goal. pick that's my in the mindset. draft. So what are you going to do? to make that happen? And, or what are you already putting in place now to make that happen? I'm working hard every day. You know, I'm in my playbook. I'm in the gym every day. I got pops here with me. I got moms with me. My family right here beside me. I got my coaches with me, all my teammates. So, you know, I'm going to ride this thing to the wheels fall off, man. I'm not looking back. So it's safe to say that you're 100% back in your comfort zone. Not saying you weren't at TCU, but now that you got everything here, your home support, you got the coaches right here backing you up, doing what you got to do. You got a lot of your old high school buddies supporting you as well. You're good, right? Absolutely. You're in the right spot. 
Yes, it's good that you came home. And not only that, I, I was talking to him last night to let him know he's gonna come on the show. And he, sir, sir, so I'm like, I, re, I appreciate the respect. I'm like, just call me Jose. It's all good. But you that's good. That, but that just goes to show. You are a lot that older. just goes to show what pops got. You know what 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 pops instills in him with the family. You, when you have a father and a strong mother in your life, yep. it better come out like that. it better come out like that. <laughs> that's awesome. So right before the show starts, I'm gonna put you on the spot. I'm gonna put some pressure on you. We are gonna see you at UNOV for a few years. We know it's not a one and done situation. Right. Pop said you're going to break the career sack record, which right now stands at 28 Eight. sacks UNLV career. What are the records we breaking? Are you going to break that record? Every record possible for me to break and try to break it. Okay. Love the mentality. How many sacks? I'm a, I'm a, I, that's what I want to know. How many sacks are we going to see from you year one here at UNLV? What are you shooting for? Realistically, like, like what are you shooting for? Realistically, you know, I never try to set a number for myself, but, you know, if we had to throw a number out there, I'm gonna say 15 or better. Oh, wow. Let me let me let me write that down. 15. What's what's today's date? Today's the second. He said he's gonna get 15. <laughs> nah, but that's good, man. I like I like the positivity. I like I like the confidence, and that's good. But I like the fact how you answered that question. You're it's your team first guy, right. and that's good. That's really good. If I could intervene real yeah. quick, you know, as far as defensive ends for Bishop Gorman, he has the sack record. He had 22 I did sacks not know record. That. He had 22 sacks in in uh, 2017. And that re and that record still stands till today? Yeah, so there was a kid that was an outside linebacker that went to Oklahoma. I think he had 28 or 29. Okay. He's an outside backer. But as far as defensive ends that played at Bishop Gorman, Adam Plant Jr. has the most sacks ever. So then it's safe to say that, not to throw out the personal accolades, but 28 should be something you could definitely shoot for. Right. 28 total should definitely be something you can shoot for. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it, man. Now, last thing, Pop said that this is the first time you guys have done a show together. Yeah. Is that a little, you're a little nervous that he's sitting next to you or are you just all, all good? Yeah. Talk about the previous show you were on because you said there's a second show that you've done so far. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot more. Yeah, it's, uh, one of my uh, you know? former teammates, uh, one of my really good friends, Jackson Bozart, he has his own uh, podcast as he does. Uh, sat down just talk, you know, a little backyard football talks with him. You know, he's just getting off the ground right now, but, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to do very, very well for him real soon. Once again, he is Adam Plant Jr., D-lineman, UNLV. Transfer from TCU, decided to come back home. We got him in studio. Final thought before we let you go, personally, because we're going to jump in with both of you guys and talk to you and your dad now collectively as well. What can people expect from you moving forward for your UNLV career? And where can they go ahead and follow you social media-wise? What do you use more than anything? Uh, you're going to see a lot of hard work. You know, I just I expect greatness from myself, so that's all you're going to get from me, nothing less. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at APJTheOne. On Twitter, APJ the one. There you go, yes, sir. Adam Plant Jr. in the building. Rob, I, I mean, I, I feel like I just talked, bro. You don't say nothing. You, no, got, any, you got any questions for him? I just had questions about Allegiant, but he there answered you go. them. No, Anything I already answered. He already answered. He hasn't been there yet. <laughs> I'm surprised. But y'all practicing? You guys practicing right now? The no, practice no, starts no. next so week, right? Working out, right now. working out. Practice yeah. start next week, and the season's supposed to start. There's a tentative date. Is it spring? Springtime? It's moved. They moved. Spring, spring right? You guys yeah, moved March. Sometime in the spring. We don't have a set date for it yet. March, huh? Okay. So are you going to be at some of these practices? Man, I'm going to be If I ain't delivering cheesecake <laughs> <laughs> or if I'm not at my daughter, you know, my, uh, my youngest daughter runs track for uh, Bishop Gorman. So okay. once they get started back, if I'm not at her track meet, I'm at, man, I'm not. What? what? Yes, sir. You better believe I'm going to be there. Man, this is the most exciting time of my life, man. This, this is my only son. It has to be, right? You, so you, you, It would have to be. And, I'd be and, right there and, for my son, too. And like you said, the, the father-son relationship that we have is he always respects me as his father, but we're more like 
where this is my best male friend. You guys friend. are like boys. You guys you know are like I mean? boys. Yeah. Because you know, I was 22 when I had him, so you okay. know, I'm still I'm I'm about to be 45. You know, he's about to be 21 in February. So okay. okay. You know, uh, well, no, I was 24. Excuse me, 24. <laughs> I, had, I got my math wrong. But uh, yeah, we just have a really really great father son relationship. Something that I never had with my dad. My dad was 60 when he made me. So okay. you know, he, he passed away. Actually, he he died in January 2000. And uh, Junior was born in February, so I, you know I wish he could have seen him. But okay. you know, it, that 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 is one of the things that just makes us even that much more closer. Because I know everything that I lacked with my father, I wanted to make sure that we had. You know what I mean? So it's it's, it's really special between us. That's good, man. That's good to hear. I didn't have my dad growing up. Mm-hmm. I reunited with him when I turned 18, and we're, we've been solid ever since. Right. I don't care about the past. You know, it is yeah, what it is. I'm yeah. glad I have him now. Yeah. So that's great to see that you guys have a bond like that, because mm-hmm. like you guys said, not everyone has that. Right. And right, you guys man. do. So that, that that's great to hear, man. Has he ever been at one of your games, though, and maybe you're not playing up to your potential, and you just happen to look up? No, no, no. Hey, no, no, no. You happen to look. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Yeah. And you, yeah. hey. and you hey. happen to look hey. at hey. one, and you're like, I got to get going. What am I going to do here? <laughs> Every game since Little League since I've been playing football. Really? You're going to hear him and you're going to hear my mom. <laughs> no matter how loud the crowd is. I remember my first game at TCU, I, this a crowd of 50,000 plus people. Wow. Yeah. And I, the first people that I hear are my mom and my dad in the stands. And I instantly know where they at. That's insane. <laughs> you know, it's been instilled in my head since I was eight. So, you know. I always try to put my best foot forward, but, you know, when I'm not doing my best, you know, Pop's going to put his foot in me. You know, he's going to make sure I'm getting right. But it's good to hear, though, right? It's, right. Good, it's good to know that you got that there. Yeah. Like, I grew up playing sports. Mm-hmm. My mom was a single mom. She worked all the time. She couldn't right. come to my games. Right. Right. Pops wasn't there. So all I had was coaches, coaches mm-hmm. that knew me, people that worked at the parks that, right. you know, took care of me or whatever it was. Right. So I get that, man. When you got someone there, it's it's awesome, man. Yeah, that, that support system is well, amazing. You know, that that's what really um, made it that way for me. Me coming up, um, I was raised in Rialto, California. Okay. So I'm from LA, but we moved to Rialto when I was uh, six. Okay. So all of my sports, which was the, my first sport was uh, baseball, then basketball. My mom just was not a sports person. My daddy wasn't there. My mom, so it was my mom. Okay. And then I had an older brother, but, you know, he was gangbanging. So, you know. You didn't want to be around that. Uh, I, 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 was, you I, were, was, but, I was in it. Okay. But I seen the gangster lifestyle was nothing that was interesting. I mean, it, it, it influenced me for, for a short part of my life. But I seen that those dudes had nothing else going for them. And I said, man, I, I don't want to be a follower. I got you. And then the the path they're going down ain't where I want to be. So I want to be an athlete. So um, most of my childhood uh, childhood sports was based on inner drive, me, you know, really, really pumping myself up. And I remember uh, the first year I played basketball, I, I scored like six points the whole season. <laughs> you know, I was, I, was, I, was, I was sorry at first, but, you know, I just had to learn my body. So the next year I lost some weight and everything. I got a little faster. Okay. I was always a kid that had rhythm. You know, I could play the drums and the pop lock and all that stuff. So I had good feet. I just had to get it. You used to pop lock? Oh, man, I tell anybody up to, this, <laughs> to, this, to this day. To this day. But, you know, um, uh, uh, once, once I had started learning my body a little better, the next year in basketball I was, like, top ten scorer. Okay. But I remember being in the games and I would be like, damn, I wish – you know, I have my mom here. I wish I had my dad here. You know, I wish I had that. So that mindset, you know, uh, all through my childhood, going to my teenage years, you know, I, I, I would always say one day that when I became a father, if I have a son and my daughters, but especially if I have a son, I, I want to be everything that I yearned for as a kid. And for that wow. to actually happen, 
And uh, like I said, you know, my wife put the football in his hand first because I was like, I'm not going to force the game on him. I, I, I get and, you. And, you know, he has to really come to me and say, Dad, you know, this is what I want to do. So uh, when I was working for Snoop, that's when I used to bring him out to the Pomona Steelers for okay. Snoop Dogg's team. And Snoop used to the be league, like, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Snoop used to be like, hey, 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 he need to play, guy. He need to play, guy. <laughs> and, and, and like you said, he came to first, uh, you know, first couple of practices he was into it. But then um, my wife had pulled me to the side and was like, babe, Junior don't really want to play. And uh, I had my daughter cheerleading, and she would, she didn't really want to cheerlead. So I was like, "Damn, y'all! I'm driving y'all from to, from we were living in Lakewood at the time. Okay, and I had changed my shift from uh three to eleven to eleven to eight. Okay, so I can bring him out to practice. And uh, man, once once uh, my wife pulled me to the side, I was like, "He don't really want it." I was like, "Damn, come on, Junior, man, come on, man, <laughs> why? Why? I'm doing all this, man, come on." But uh, like I said, I wasn't gonna force it on him. So when we moved out to Vegas the next year, and I started working for Floyd. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the football season started, uh, another one of my childhood friends who was a coach out here, he was coaching the, uh, what was that, the NYFL, the rookies, the coach rookies. And so uh, it was around August. Uh, my son said, uh, you know, I asked him, I said, son, you want to play football now? He was like, dad, I want to play football. I said, okay. So that year, man, just seeing him take his first hit and crying and run to the side, dad, he hit double. Like, what changed? Get your what ass changed? Uh, if, uh, he, after, after, the, after he got hit, it's like, you know, going in in that same game, you know, like the first quarter, but then maybe like the, the third and fourth quarter, he just got – he went into his own. And uh, that year when he got his first sack, yeah, I mean, he eight, at eight years old, because he was playing with all 10-year-olds, and he was only eight-year-old, but he was always a tougher kid. Gotcha. So when he got that sack, man, and I, I seen how he reacted, after the game I said, what position you want to play? He's like, Dad, I want to be a DN. I like nice. sacking the quarterback. And so it's like um, – it's like Joe Jackson with Michael Jackson, Floyd Mayweather Sr. with Floyd Mayweather Jr. Junior. Yeah. When your dad sees a talent in you and he played that sport, it's up to him to help you harness that and make, make sure that you can become the best that he know you can become because you came from him. Yeah, definitely. So I know what kind of football player. I, I got to an NFL camp and I never played that, uh, down in high school football. So I know that my son playing in the same position since he was eight years old with my training. And then you know his his mom really got into football a lot. He he couldn't help but to win. Yeah. So as the years just progressed, progressed, progressed. Uh, when he was ten years old, man, it's a funny story. We were uh, he was playing with the Rebels, as he mentioned earlier, and we were in a park. And in that park, it was like the uh, 10, 12, the ten, eleven year old team, the uh, 12, 13 year old team, and uh, I guess the seven, eight year old. So we all had our little sections in the park, right? So him and this kid and one of his friends. We're doing the drill where we line them up at like 10 yards apart. Okay. Adam hit this kid so hard. It sounded like somebody chopped, <laughs> Yo, a, chopped a tree down with it with the biggest axe they could oh find. It was God. like, pow. And it was crazy. Everybody stopped. And the kid's dad, who was uh, coaching, I think, the 12 and 13-year-olds, he came over. He was like, man, I had to come over here and say, <laughs> who was that? Who was and, that? But, but the trip was, I, I didn't want to tell him, that was your son and my son cracked. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but that when when he was 10, I, I knew that I had something special, man. And um, uh, going into 11, maybe like a month after he turned 11, I put him in his first uh, football camp, which is called, which is called uh, Football University Camp, FBU. Okay. And this is on YouTube. Y'all can, y'all can uh, look it up. Yeah, look it up. Uh, he did one-on-ones with a 17-year-old high school lineman. He was 11. He had just turned 11. How this, tall were you at 11? 5'4". <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. But 
He beat That's the, it? Look, look. James is like, wow. But, 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 but dig this. He beat the dude twice. Now, I was like, how in the hell can an 11-year-old beat a 17-year-old on the line? I'm a lineman. Yeah. I ain't never seen that happen. I ain't even heard it. I, I, I never would imagine even seeing that visually. Gotcha. But to see my son do that, I mean, like, whipped him. Like, off the line. Whoop, whoop, gone. And the guy who was coaching the drill, he had coached in the NFL for, like, 20 years. He pulled me to the side. He said, sir, uh, you, you, you got something special in your kid. <laughs> he said, I've, I've, all the years I've been coaching, I've never even seen that. And uh, so it, it, it just excited me, man, because, like I, said, like I just had alluded to, I know where I was at 11. I was no, I was nowhere near this. this, this my, my son. So you, you know saw the talent. You oh, saw yeah, it there. Yeah, he, pure. He's like everything I wish I was. At I got that you. Age, you know what I mean? So, yeah, man, just just to just to be there, man. Like with all three of my kids, I was in the delivery room to cut all of the umbilical cords. You know okay. what I'm saying? I was, the, I was there. I, I was there to deliver all three of my children. So, that is the uh, best thing about being a dad. I've I've been there, but. Like I said, him being my only son and him doing what I did, but even better, it's just a, a a treat, man, because it's like I could talk to you as a father, but it's not like talking to you as someone who's been under the helmet and who's gone through everything that you've gone through. So when he had, like, different situations in college, um, you know, I wasn't one of the top uh, recruited offensive tackles coming out of junior college. But because my coaches didn't think I was going to develop into the player I became, they withheld telling me about the time clock situation. So I actually started uh, junior college in the fall of 93. Okay. Where my time clock started because I took 18 units. Okay. They, they didn't tell me to stay at 11 and a half so I can keep my eligibility. They just let me do Continue. what I did because, you know, I was in, I, you know, I basically came to them out of a band. So they didn't think, you know, too much of me. So when I lost 100 pounds and molded myself into a Division One prospect, uh, it was uh, I had played um, all the way up to 96. Okay. My first, you know, 93, 94, I was messing up, and then played 95, 96. So after 96, I had like 30 D- Division One offers, but everybody was like, "Damn, we checked your, uh, we looked at your, uh, your uh, credits, credits, and uh, what did they transcript call transcripts? Yeah. Looked at the transcripts, man. You started school in 93. I was like, yeah, but I didn't play." It's like, yeah, but you took 18 units. And I went to my head coach, rest in peace. I was like, coach, man, why you didn't tell me this, man? He's like, well, Adam, well, you know, you came to us from a band, man. <laughs> we didn't think you were going to develop. He's like, but, oh, you know, you still God. go Division II. And I was like, man, I want to hear that, man. I, said, I, I got University of Oregon right now ready to give me a scholarship, man. So at that time, me and Achilles Smith was getting recruited at the okay. same time. Former yeah, I remember Achilles Smith, yeah. yeah. Cincinnati so, Bengals. Um, yeah, Bengals. so. Penn yeah. State, right? Was it? Uh, Oregon. He went to Oregon. Oregon, Oregon. Yeah, gotcha. so the, the – uh, the uh, defense coordinator name was Don Pelham. So he came. He was like, man, look, Plant, I just went and got Keely Smith from uh, San Diego, uh, I think, South, uh, San Diego Mesa. He, he uh, junior college came out of. He got him. He's like, I need an offensive tackle to protect him so that I'm coming to get you. And, uh, man, I was all set to go. He called me the night before I was supposed to take my, take my trip to Oregon. He called me. I was working at Vons, Vons Grocery Store, and I got the call. They were like, Adam, line one. I'm like, oh, okay. I was expecting the call. What's up, coach? Plant, man. I was looking at your transcripts. And we can't trip you. I'm like, what you talking oh. about, coach? <laughs> so, man. Yeah, yeah. you know, all, all those little things, man, the little bumps and bruises that I went through, I, you know, it, that's what made me passionate about my son's career. So I tell him, you know, having the blessing of this being his, his, um, 
another chance to play Division One college football, and then he still got three years left if he want to use all three. Got it. You know nice. what I mean? Yeah. But I, you know, we I think he's gonna wrap that up too. That's that, that's the plan. <laughs> okay. That's the plan. But you, like I say, everything that I tell him at this point, and now he's he's a man. It's like, you know, we talk like like dude, I do it like this, do it like this. You know what I'm saying? Put, put your put your Adam Plant Junior on it. Yeah. Put but, your stamp on it. But you know, if I see something that I can help you with, I'm gonna do that. Now, you know, unfortunately, I still thought I had it. Uh, and uh, two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, we were doing some one-on-ones. And oh, he, he, he put my no. ass off the ball. I said, gosh, damn. I want to see a video of that. That'd be nice. Yeah, he, 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 he got me. He, he got me on a couple, but, you know, he tried to do an inside move, and I jammed him up. So I was like, okay, you know, I ain't teach you that. So, but, man, it's, it's just been a pleasure, man, to see, first of all, what kind of man he's become. Yep. That's the most important, you know what I mean? And how – um, the the life lessons that me and his mom have taught him that he's uh, implemented into his the way he carries himself uh, and uh, his conduct and just to see how uh, you know he just represents himself man it makes us proud as parents you know what I mean so that's that's the best thing and, and, and the football is just uh, added treat to, to to it all you know so yeah man. once again he is Adam Plant Senior of Tasty Treats now. Tasty teas, cake. We got a good card to throw that out there. We yes, got sir. Adam Plant Jr. from UNOV in the studio with us as well. Now, I, I want to go away from the football bit if you're good with that. I, I do want to add, it, for, for my oh. listeners that have oh. not seen you on podcasts or talked to you, mm-hmm. for the people that do know about you, they know about mm-hmm. your non-football career. Bodyguard. You were a bodyguard for Floyd Mayweather, and, and most recently as well, I remember mm-hmm. you talked about on the previous show, Takashi 6 9 So those yeah. are the two people that I kind of want to talk about. Okay. We got about 10 more minutes here, so we, we'll jump into it. Let's do it. Floyd Mayweather. Mm-hmm. How was your experience with him? Because I know you've talked about it before, mm-hmm. but was it really crazy? Was it wild? Or was is it just... Well, well you have to remember, you know, I was Snoop Dogg's bodyguard for seven years prior, to, prior yes. to Floyd Mayweather. So... I'm gonna say the craziest the the craziest things that I experienced as bodyguard was was mo- mostly with Snoop because I got I went around the world actually. You I, toured you know, with him. I've been from Iceland all the way down to New Zealand. Really, uh, with Snoop Dogg. Okay. And everywhere we went, we got the blue carpet treatment. I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> the blue carpet treatment. <laughs> uh, you know, because you know he was perform he was, he was doing concerts. Yeah. So, um, I mean, man, I, I've met every, any type of celebrity you can even think of. Man, I met because I was with Snoop. You know what I mean? So. Uh, but it opened up more doors, basically. Yeah, well, that that was my intro. You know what I mean? Snoop, you know. I, How many did he have at that time? How many bodyguards did he have at that time? I was the first, like, big dude because I played on Snoop's semi-pro team when I came from Canada. So we had got cool with football. He used okay. to love how he used to pancake people. So, you know. His, <laughs> his, um, it was easy. His, yeah, his head of security asked me. He was like, man, hey, man, that stuff you be doing on the field, man. Homie, you think you can do that in real life? I said, yeah, right. <laughs> so, uh, that's how, you know, that's how I got on the security staff. But, man. Uh, all the experiences I had with him going around the world, meeting everybody, man. I mean, I've been in the studio with Dr. Dre, with Puffy, with wow. Timberland. Uh, I, I've been next to Snoop right there. You know, I'm like, we sitting right here. So it'd be me, Snoop, and whoever whoever it is. So all those experiences, man, were great. So uh, it just came to a point where, you know, I wanted to move to Vegas. Okay. And so the job opportunity came up. Uh, uh, one of my buddies that had got hired with me was Snoop. Uh, had left several months before me, and he got on with Floyd. And then he asked me one day, he was like, hey, man, if I can get you in with Floyd, would you want to come? And I just wanted to change the place, man. So me wanting to move to Vegas, and then the job coming up was like, okay, let's do it. So when I got with Floyd, man, um, everything that I didn't experience with Snoop, um, it was a new experience with Floyd as far as the boxing world now. So I you know, I had all the rap experience and all that stuff. 
now was uh, adding to the resume with the boxing side. Gotcha. So uh, working with Floyd, man, it was it was. Uh, I had some good days. <laughs> I had more bad days. Okay, I mean, just to be honest, I get you. Me and and that, what's me, that me, do? Me and Floyd, we, we, we're we're uh, we're two dominant mindsets. Okay, so. Um, I respect that if I'm working for whoever I'm working for, I respect that if I'm coming to you as an employee, it's your camp and it's to be run how you want it to be run. Correct. I, I totally understand that. But I'm not going to be the one to tell you you're right when you're wrong. I'm not going to be the one that follows the crowd and, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and being a yes man when I'm my own man. Correct. So my thing was, Floyd, you hired a man. You hired an independent man who stands on his own principles, moral. So if I feel you wrong about something, I'm telling you. Yep. And to him, that wasn't that wasn't always kosher. Wasn't <laughs> so, his cup of tea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man. So, uh, um, you know, I, I the, the experiences of uh, being with the, the Canelo, you know, doing that whole tour, the Pacquiao, the um, the, the you were uh, there for all the prime ones. I walked him in the ring with Conor, Mar- Conor McGregor with uh, oh, with yeah. Canelo. Nice. I walked him in the ring. So th- those were great experiences, man. So, you know, it, 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 I take nothing away from what I gained from my experience. And, you know, I would take, I would bring my son around so that he can see the limelight and that side, that, that, that side of uh, life. Let him see the two sides of everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, everything that I gained from that experience, like I said, man, it was a lesson learned. You know what I mean? Whether it was good or bad, I took it and used it to um, – further my progress you know what i mean so um going from floyd to uh takashi i'll tell people like this i don't have one bad thing to say about takashi 69 and people can say man he oh man he he uh he ratted and all this and that takashi as a rapper paid me more money than any rapper i ever worked for really i was making 700 a day with takashi 69 700 now if you paying me 700 a day you looking at and helping me look out for me and my family I ain't got nothing to say bad about you. And then, uh, you know, I call him Daniel. That's what I was, I was going to get to. That. You <laughs> call him by his name is what I remember. Yeah, yeah. I call him Daniel. Uh, you know, the times that I got to pull him to the side, man, being from South Central Los Angeles, man, I know, you know, about every gang situation. Yep. So I would I would pull him to the side as much as possible. Like, Daniel, man, you got to stop playing with this shit and this shit can get you killed, man. And I was always, I, I remember telling him one day, I'm like, Tupac and Biggie two of the best that ever was are both gone yep. coming to, you know, L.A. and Vegas. But but dealing with L.A. cats, you know what I mean? So what you're doing, you're, you're playing with your life, man. Although it's it's it's, it's not right that we got to live in, in such, you know, circumstances, but it is what it is. And if you say you are, if, 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 people from L.A. look at it like this. If you say you a crip or a blood, and you're not from Los Angeles, you you just l- get looked at a different way anyway. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying. 100. percent And if 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 people deal with you, who are in those gangs, who are from LA, it's just it's because it's it's an underlying factor that it's, or something they they're gonna want from you. Correct. In the in the future, or it's they gonna use that to their advantage. You know what I mean? So uh, what would he say? What was his response to that? Man, man, these oh man, these dudes they don't know, man, they don't know. And I, I would just, you know, keep keep pressing him, like, man, stop, dog. You twenty, you twenty something years old, man. You don't know about this, man. <laughs> you, right. you, it's like, I think he was he was more intrigued, at, at, like a like a fan 
of this lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? That's so, how he treats it. And that's what he wanted to be. That's what he was claiming to be. But me being from South Central, knowing what it is, dog, you're not that. So I would tell him, man, you've been blessed to be in a situation. Make your money, man. And you got a daughter. Make your money. Do hey, your music, man. You know you anybody th- else that still works for him currently? I mean, uh, how many does one, he have now? One, how many? one guy. But the rest of the dudes is like, I think, like. Does he pay him more than? I mean, I'm sure it's got to be. Right now, it's pretty crazy. He got to break off. He got to break them dudes off. Right. They, they, because targets. Not, you know yeah, I mean? exactly. The other guy you used to work with from the Great Wall, is big he still church. working with him? Nah. Nah, nah he's not? Okay. Nah, nah, big, nah. big, big, big church. Not too many people would take that job right now. <clears throat> nah, and, and you know. I, and I, the way I, he's doing it, too, man. He's trolling. Like yeah, he's trolling out there. I know it's not sports related, but. I took some flack. Well, you know. Did they offer you come back? So cloth flack. Nah, nah, nah. Once he left, I threw with that, but. You know, got different guys I knew from LA, from Compton, from different places. You know, call them on my phone, like, "Hey man, hey man, you need to tell, you need, you know, get at him." Oh, because oh, they knew he was his bodyguard. Yeah, right, right. Because you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still real, well respected in LA, I man. Got you. From uh, Crips, Bloods, and you know, all, all kind of neighborhoods. I you see know you mean? going out there. I see your Instagram. And 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 people really know, you know, I'm from the city, yeah. so I've never broke ties to to the street. Although, you know, I'm a grown man. I'm I'm far beyond that, but. I still always keep a tie to the streets because if you don't, man, it can, it can be bad. You know what I mean? Because the, the clients that I have had, you best believe that people have been watching them like a hawk. And, and the only reason why some of them didn't get depressed because they was with me. I got you. You know, and, and some guys, don't, respect don't, some guys don't, don't really realize that, but they know. <laughs> Throw it out there. I ain't going to say no thing, Let it be but known. they know. But uh, yeah, man. Good stories, man. I, yeah, that's I, awesome. I, I want. I, I know someone that's not we sports related. We do a whole other show. We do a whole yeah, other show exactly. just on that. Just oh, on man, that. I, I just about the bodyguard I, world for you. I, for oh hours. man, definitely. We gotta get you back on again and do a whole show. But that would be fun. But yeah, man. Before I let you guys go, though, I greatly appreciate you guys again being in studio. I gotta mm. let you plug Tasty Teas. Oh, Talk on, about man. it real quick, briefly, and let people know where they can find it and where they can find you, all the way around. Plain and simple. Everybody that's listening, everybody who's watching this. If you love cheesecake, if you don't love cheesecake, Tasty Teas Cheesecake, which is made by my wife, Tamika Plant, and distributed by me, Adam Plant, are the best tasting cheesecakes on the planet Earth. The reason why I say this, everybody who has had our cheesecakes with one taste, everybody say immediately, this is the best damn thing I ever had. And it's the small ones, right? What we what the, you, what the small ones are just uh, the mini version of because I saw ones. the ones you took to Gary Owen and uh, yeah yeah, yeah those are yeah. Mini, those are mini cheesecakes okay, got a, lot, it, got a lot of time people like those because it's just more convenient different to, uh, assortments of it okay we, we can bring you every flavor and okay. it's a smaller it's a smaller uh, uh, portion size but okay. we make every flavor in a whole cheesecake as well ah okay and, I know and you know my, my my wife had been making these for years it's just that when I was doing bodyguard you know I was just not enough fo- time I was more focused on that Definitely. you know what I mean so. Um, it wasn't until last year when I came home, I was working with Sweetie and, um, I came home right before my birthday. I was about to turn 44 and I was like, babe, I'm tired of doing this bodyguard shit. We, we going to take off with this cheesecakes. Let's go do it. So nice. we, we, we took it to our lawyer, got the business license, tax ID, LLC and all that shit. Patent everything. Patent all that. everything. Cool. Man, we're good. Trademark logo. This is ours. I've seen somebody wearing this shit and I ain't prove it. Oh, we, <laughs> it's on. <laughs> we but got yeah, a man. problem. Yeah, man. So, yeah. so, 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 so what's, what's, what's great about this whole thing now is that. You know, Junior is doing what he's doing at UNLV. Me and wifey got our business going. Our daughter's doing, you know, our oldest daughter graduated from Nevada, Reno. She's, she's about to nice. uh, okay. start on her master's. 
our baby girl was running track, and she's like a 4.2 student at uh, Bishop Gorman. So our whole family is doing well in Las Vegas. So we came from L.A. We Blessed. came here, and we elevated our whole the whole family. You know what I mean? So um, the the ultimate thing would be you know people to come here and see Adam getting the sacks. Yeah. And then after the game, it's 28 sacks. Yeah, that's career. After the game, they all go to Tasty Tees, and that's it, huh? Call it a wrap. Yeah, make it a whole Vegas weekend. <laughs> there it is, man. <laughs> Once again, he is Adam Plant Sr. of yes, Tasty Tees yes, Cheesecakes and Adam Plant Jr. in the studio with us from UNLV, Dean Lyman. Greatly appreciate you guys coming in the studio. We We're going to have you guys us. again soon. Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, definitely. Best of luck this season. Um, let's keep in contact, man. Don't shy away. Oh, yeah. Anytime you want to come back. My casa, su casa, you're more than welcome to come and back. Let me, and let me leave that number for people if they want to order the there cheesecakes. Please it. hit me, Adam Plant. At 702-443-8769. Just leave me your name, your order, and your address. One more time. 702-443-8769. And I will bring you the world's greatest tasting cheesecakes <laughs> wherever you're at. I deliver them to you. Right to your door. There we go. He is Adam Plant Sr. and Adam Plant Jr. Greatly appreciate you guys joining us. James, if we could just get them off screen now, because we are going to talk about something that we don't want to get anyone in trouble. So, Rob, to end up the show, I know we got to close it out here. Our pick segment of the night. Last yeah. week, they pushed the game back. It was postponed for one night. You they tried pushed to get it out back. of it, too. You had the under. I had the over. You won. So, that puts us both at one and two on our picks of the season this year. Wah, wah, wah. I'm going to go ahead and do it right away. I'm taking Boston plus the one tomorrow. Uh, oppo. Oh, my Hoppo again. You got Let's Toronto go. plus one. I got my Minus first one. one of the season off of you. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take another one from you. I'll take that W. Uh, that's... Down 0-2, I think uh, the Raptors are going to pull this one out. I don't think they're going to go down 0-3 to the Celtics. And there it is, man. Our pick segment of the week. If you guys are following us, we greatly appreciate you. Thank you to everybody that was in studio tonight. Adam Plant Jr., Adam Plant Sr., Joel B. in the background, James doing everything he does for us behind the big board tonight since Quan took the night off. But we're going to go ahead and finish up with our final thought of the night, which is what I like to throw out. I'm going to just make it short, man. Prime example tonight, it's never a bad thing to come home. Good things happen when you come home. With that being said, I am Jose V. This has been another episode of Straight Bet Sports. Till next Wednesday, I'm out. Peace. See ya.